Hey, everybody. Welcome to This Is Not Financial Advice, Episode 4. Today, we're going to be talking about congressional insider trading, avocado earnings plays, and uh, we're going to pitch some segment ideas at each other and uh, see what survives to possibly have some uh, more structure and segments to our show. But uh, thanks for tuning in, and let's go. Buddha, we live? We're live. What's up, Fat Mac? How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. I had a big Saturday, so uh, I'm just trying to make my way through. I had a big Friday, so I'm trying to just make my way through Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I got uh, I got wine drunk with the missus last night, and uh, she's working today. I have a buddy's barbecue I'm going to in a couple hours and probably going to drink about 30 Coors Lights, but uh, should be a good time, man. What'd you do last night? That's a Saturday. Well, uh, I had some amazing pizza and uh, made my way over to the Jimmy O. Yang stand-up comedy show. He's been blowing up lately. He's got a Netflix thing going on. He's a hilarious dude, and Pam and I went and saw him. It was uh, worth every penny. He was pretty hilarious. Oh, that sounds awesome, dude. He's he's actually from out here. He's from out here in San Diego. Pretty nuts. Oh, okay. I'm going to have to check him out, Um, dude. So, um, big story in the news uh, since COVID really started. And uh, so the first thing uh, we're going to talk about is the 2020 congressional insider trading scandal. Uh, So this was a political scandal involving allegations of several members of the United States who violated the stock, uh, the stock act by selling stock at the start of COVID-19 in the U S just before the market crashed. They used knowledge given to them at a closed Senate meeting and, uh, They sold all their positions before the market crashed, and even though the Department of Justice initiated a probe into the stock transactions, no charges were ever brought against anyone, and all all investigations into the matter were closed. To be a representative, huh? It is lucrative. What's with these guys? Dude, I mean, that's the whole point of why you'd get into it, right? Yeah, to serve, to serve myself. Are you kidding? These guys are crazy. And if they're not busy trading, you know, with uh, material knowledge not known to the public while they're in their representative seat, they usually set up a SPAC or a financial wing once they get out just because they've got so much residual knowledge. They just know too many people and they know what's going on, right? It's the just grayest, nastiest area of D.C. I don't know how they can fix that one day. But uh, clearly with leadership that's in there now, they're not going to fix it anytime soon because those people are making money hand over fist. Yeah. uh, On January 26, 2012, Senator Joe Lieberman introduced the Stock Act that aims to prohibit the use of non-public information for private profit, including insider trading by members of Congress and other government employees. The bill is passed by uh, the Senate with only Senators Richard Burr, Jeff Bingham, and Tom Coburn voting against it. Like, how bold to vote against it, you know? It's just like, nah, I want to keep insider trading. Like, that, the Stock Act, uh, you know, sounds like it's 
objectively a good thing for America. Yeah, those, uh, but well, you know, when you're in power, you're not going to limit your power. Yeah, obviously not, because on January 24th, 2020, uh, the Senate Committees on Health and Foreign Relations held a closed meeting with only senators present to brief them about the COVID-19 outbreak and how it would affect the United States. Following the meeting, Senator Kelly Loeffler and her husband, Jerry Sprecher, the chairman of the New York Stock Exchange, made 27 transactions to sell stock worth between $1.27 million and $3 million, and two transactions to buy stock in Citrix Systems, which saw an increase following the correction. Uh, Senator David Perdue made a series of 112 transactions with stocks sold for around $825,000 and bought stocks worth more than $1.8 million. Purdue started buying around $185,000 of stock in DuPont, a company that makes PPE, on the same day the Senate, uh, uh, the same day as a Senate briefing, up to March 2nd. Um, additionally, John Hoven of North Dakota purchased $250,000 in health science companies in January, five days after attending the briefing about the pandemic. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's just blatant, you know, they're just so what, what strikes me is just how bold they are. Uh, on, uh, Diane Feinstein sold stock in allergene therapeutics with an estimated value between 1.5 and 6 million. Um, according to Feinstein, the investment decisions uh, are made by her husband and are reported per Senate rules. Uh, she states that this company is unrelated to any work on the coronavirus and the sale was unrelated to the situation. Uh, Feinstein also reportedly provided documents to the FBI related to her husband's transactions in order to show she had no connection to the decision. What? Like what? What? Are, what? Are, what were the documents she provided to the FBI? Like, I didn't do anything. Signed me. That's <laughs> yeah, a promissory note. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure what I, I was trying to figure out what that might have been. Not a clue. That it must have been the documents have got to be like an email saying just stating that she didn't do that. Like that's got to be it. Yeah, uh, it's ridiculous. <sighs> I don't know, man. It's um, it's wacky. I, you know, it's like in on one, on one side, I'm kind of like, ah, what's the danger? What's the, what's the big deal? But on the other side, it's like, screw these people. Like these guys are already just they're just completely disincentivized, right? Like they they're just it's being reinforced that they're in a position of you know, position of power and capability, and they get to they get to abuse it. It's just un, it's completely unhinged. Yeah. And, um, you know, the crazy thing is, is most members of Congress, especially, you know, the longer they've been in the seat, I mean, they are worth tens of millions, in some cases, hundreds of millions of dollars. But they're not their average, you know, their average salary per year is just a tick above 200,000 bucks. Right. Right. They have to they have to live in D.C. It's a high cost of living area. I mean, you know, one one plus one plus two, you know, isn't equally. You know, it shouldn't equal five here. I don't know how how uh, 
you know, there's, um, there's like a website out there dedicated to tracking AOC's clothing and like how expensive her outfits have gotten since taking, taking over office. You go from poor broke bartender in Brooklyn to congressional representative. And all of a sudden you've got, you know, $10,000 $10, of clothes on every, every weekend. It's something like that. It's pretty ridiculous. But all, I mean, all these guys are getting hooked up. It's insane. It would be pretty tough like not to get hooked up if you were in the seat um and to like just limit your lifestyle to someone who makes just a measly 200 grand when everyone else is just freaking uh you know no i mean that's that's part of the game though like that's why there's so much consolidation around what party leadership wants because party leadership is dictating whether or not you get all these funds official and unofficial funds right like like your representative doesn't go to Congress as an independent and just like wave the flag and, and get a ton of money. Like they kind of do. Well, they kind of do actually, but you know, when they roll in, they're, they're with red or blue. They're with one, one side or the other and red or blue, whoever, whoever they're loyal to is going to dictate whether or not the big team sponsors throw pennies in your coffer. I mean, that's it. Yeah, uh, Business Insider and several other news organizations have identified 63 members of Congress who recently failed to properly report their financial trades as mandated by the Stock Act. Um, so uh, basically, these guys have to report their trades within 45 days of making them. You know, by the time 45 days rolls around, whatever news story or or binary event that might cause the stock to pop or drop has already passed and been forgotten about. Oh, yeah. So oh, it, yeah. Should really, it should really be like the day they make the trade. Um, I mean, at least they're trying here with the Stock Act, but it's kind of like, six, you know, 63 members of Congress, and it's, it's people on both sides. The Stock Act isn't even a, uh, you know, there's, it has no teeth because the penalty they usually have to pay is a $200 fee. Wow. <laughs> I mean, is that a joke? Wow. I did. I just wonder, this is why people like stability because with stability, nothing changes. Like it was already passed in 2012. It's just, it's not really enforced and doesn't actually have any teeth. Oh, got it. Got it. Got it. So that, that even that $200 cost, that's a part of the deal right now. Yeah. If you go over the 45 days, uh, you have to pay a penalty, which is usually oh. small. It's stick. It's the standard amount is two hundred dollars. I mean, and we're we're talking trades worth millions of dollars here. Yeah, I mean, shoot, that's basically their trade fee if they're using the wrong brokerage account. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's uh, it's really crazy. And um, I think we all know who the, the queen of insider trading is. Uh, the uh, Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. So freaking Nancy makes millions off of tech stocks. And, uh, you know, when she was first asked about a ban to limit uh, congressional trades of individual stocks earlier this year, she pretty much scoffed at it and was like, oh, we have a free market economy. The Congress should be allowed to play in it, too. And it's like, well, you guys are sitting at a, uh, you know, your your view is a you can see a lot more than the average Joe here. Um, that lady but, uh, drives me crazy. You have some do you have some numbers on how badly she's just destroying the S&P, like how, how well she's performed. Uh, I do. I will get into it here in a second. I think it's just insane. I know these, I know these numbers, uh, 
when they get pulled up are, are going to be atrocious. People just need to realize like funds, actively managed funds do not beat the S and P 500 on a long enough timeline. It's a, uh, it's a losing game. It's like paying someone to underperform the market. It's insane. Um, they had their moments without a doubt, but even, you know, arc fund that blew up last year and was killing it. It's for a very short period of time because, you know, when you're buying niche like that, your niche works for a certain amount of time, but it's not, it's not guaranteed that you're going to be able to sustain outsized growth compared to the S and P 500. And, uh, more often than not, a fund does not perform. So to watch, a congresswoman, excuse me, she's a senator, isn't she? Watch a senator uh, outperform with this kind of longevity on her personal trades is uh, pretty ridiculous and just a sure sign of having too much of a good time in Congress. Right, like you said, most of them, uh, most of them don't beat the S and P. Um, I kind of view it as there, there's so many funds; they're all like in the landing craft, rushing the rushing the beaches Normandy, right? Like. Mo- a lot of them are going to freaking get killed, but just because of the sheer number, the sheer number of funds out there, you're going to have like the one or two that like crush it. And then, you know, they get out there and everyone knows their name, invests in them. And it's just, you know, it really is, yeah. I think at the end of the day, luck, um, because here we have Nancy Pelosi, who's outperforming even the most sophisticated investors, which is supposed to be a you know, a full-time uh, congressional lawmaker and the Speaker of the House. Oh, you know what? Hey, you know, maybe we uh, found out why uh, she's doing so well. As Speaker of the House, she makes like an extra $35,000 uh, oh. bonus, bonus on top of just your your regular, your regular congressional layman. So um, she married a venture capitalist and financier. Uh, her and her husband raked in as much as $30 million uh, from big bets on tech firms, which she is ultimately responsible for regulating. I just, That's she's just simple. such a hypocrite. I have so much to say about her. So Pelosi is one of the richest members of Congress with an estimated net worth of more than 106 million. Using wow. her most recent financial disclosure from August, they have a, they have a house in the Pacific Heights neighborhood of uh, San Francisco. They have. They own a vineyard. It's good to be in power. American royalty, I guess. That's gross. It, it makes for an interesting case study. I think it's hilarious that a VC guy connected with her and fell in love. <laughs> I'm sure he's yeah, just uh, sure. match made in heaven. I'm sure there's a lot of love in that relationship, yeah. Um, so shortly before Biden's uh, Buy America Act, Pelosi and her husband... Uh, bought around $2 million worth of uh, Tesla calls at a $500 strike price. Um, <laughs> then Biden announced his executive order, which, uh, which is titled the Buy America Plan and had uh, included uh, plans to replace the government fleet of vehicles, uh, which consists of about 650,000 internal combustion engine vehicles to replace all of those uh, with electric vehicles in the future. But uh, mm-hmm. the estimated value of doing that is upwards of $2 billion. She says her and her husband don't talk about stocks. <laughs> uh, it's, not really our, it's not really our dinner conversation. Weird. Overall portfolios. 
the Pelosi's overall portfolio uh, beat the S&P by 4.9% in 2019, 14.3% in 2020. Uh, she might be the worst. Um, but, uh, you know, for anyone who thinks that uh, this is all new stuff, uh, it's not. Um, this is just more of the same corruption we've seen since the inception of our country. Um, so, you know, the birth of the U.S. stock uh, markets began in 1790. And two years later, uh, we had the first documented insider trading, uh, which caused a market crash. Um, and it was done by William Dewar, who was the assistant secretary of the treasury under the first secretary of the uh, treasury, Alexander Hamilton. Dewar had the uh, distinction of being the first individual to use knowledge gained from his official position to become entangled in speculative trading. In effect, he was the first insider trader. The market crashed in 1792. Of wide, he was a man of wide-ranging business interests who had supported and made money off the revolution and who married then into the upper reaches of New York society. He thought he could use his insider connections to Alexander, Alexander Hamilton to make a killing by speculating in the newly issued debt of the infant government. As so many would after him, Dewar overreached, borrowing heavily to finance his illicit schemes. He went bankrupt when the bubble burst. The New York City economy crashed along with him, and Dewar was nearly disemboweled by an enraged mob that, tra- that chased him through the streets. He died in a debtor's prison a few years later. That's so crazy. You know what really caught me? Debtor's prison. Like, they had a prison dedicated to those who owned debt, very specifically back in the day. Like, I didn't, I didn't recall that being a thing. So this is basically implying that one man created an entire stock market crash in New York City. Or excuse me, the entire economy of New York City to crash because of him. A few years later, in the 1800s, Russell, Russell Sage, um, a career U.S. congressman, um, shorted the railroads shortly before the government uh, announced a legislative action calling for the enlargement of the railroad, thereby diluting its stock as they, uh, you know, sold more and more shares. Um, He made a killing. He went on to make a killing during the Civil War as well and uh, went down as one of the most corrupt congressmen ever. Uh, And the list goes on and on and on and on. But uh, I thought one of the funniest ones was in the 1920s, the CEO of uh, J.P. Morgan and Chase shorted his own company shortly before the crash. Oh, really? Yeah. What? Yeah. Um, which is, you know, just so many conflicts of interest there is pretty hilarious. Uh, probably wasn't at the time, but looking back, um, pretty funny. Wow. Can you imagine uh, playing that side of the table while you're – yeah, what was that, 1920s? This is an interesting website. If anyone wants to check this out, insidertrading.procon.org. Very interesting. Huge list of uh, every noted uh, insider trade that was ever made since pretty much our inception as a as a country. So this is a pretty wild, pretty wild list. Yeah, and makes me kind of feel better by putting today's world in the context of like, the overall uh, 
timeline of our of our country uh, throughout the past couple hundred years because uh, it seems like it's just more of the same. Maybe people just know about it more because information flows so quickly in today's world that it seems like it's just a new problem. But uh, this is just more of the same bullshit from our elected officials. I feel like when you hear about something or something crops up in the news, it seems like a new issue. It feels like a new problem. But these things, stuff like this hardly ever is. It's happened before. It's just kind of the first time we've ever observed it in our own personal lives. And you think, oh, that's a that's a novelty. And then you figure out it's been happening for, for centuries. I mean, I guess... You know, it is what it is. Uh, it doesn't look like it's going to go anywhere. Um, and I don't think that the legislation they're talking about to ban Congress members from trading individual stocks is uh, ever going to uh, ever going to be put in place. So that leaves us with one question, dude. How are we going to make our next freaking million dollars? Well, obviously out here in San Diego County, there's a little city council seat that's open. If we can get about 2,000 followers, I think it'd be worth our time running for that. Let's start with city yeah. council, then we get into county. Once you get to yeah. county, that's where you're hearing about all those development plans. Yeah, you got my signature, dude. I have an idea. Uh, it's got, it's titled Avocado Earnings Lock. And it goes... It's uh, a strong it's, start. <laughs> yeah. Not even a question. It's just a lock, right? Uh, apes, after my short 27 years of time in Los Angeles slash Austin, Texas, I have noticed two things. Retards love avocado Ret- and retards eat a fuck ton of avocado toast. Even during the pandemic, every person in Trader Joe's, Ralph's, Whole Foods, etc. had at least one avocado in their shopping cart. Every boozy brunch I went uh, to there were ten plus tables with people taking pics of their overpriced avocado toast. These autists can't fucking get enough of this shit. Um, and he goes on to quote a uh, article here that says the report says the second half of 2022 should see increased volume from Mexico, both from the main supply state of Michoacan and also new exports from Jalisco. Volume from South America should also increase. This summer, California is expected to harvest higher volume than last year. Shipments from Peru to the U.S. will likely uh, rise as well, considering the disruptions in Europe uh, with the conflicts. And then he says, could we see a potential cartel partnership here with these margins? I wonder. Uh, Avocado earnings is due on June 8th, 2022. And my wife's boyfriend predicts they will blow their target out of the fucking water because of all the retards who can't stop eating this gross fucking fruit. With a neat, uh, with a new COO and president, they won't let earnings fail. His positions are uh, the six seventeen fifteen dollar uh, call. Uh, it's a uh, ticker sign A V O. This is a real ticker. Like until yeah. you read this out, I've never, I've never seen this. Yeah, Mission Produce. Produce. He's he's up. He's had a he's had a good month. Yeah, I mean, in the last month. Yesterday, when the markets were down, AVO Mission Produce was up two point three percent. It's trading at thirteen seventy six. Uh, fifty just two dollars up from its fifty two week week low of eleven oh four. Fifty two week high was twenty two ninety three. 
and uh, we're looking at an earnings per share of about uh, 33 bucks, uh, not earnings per share price, uh, earnings ratio, maybe a little overvalued there. I'm not sure what, what it's like in the, uh, in the produce industry, but um, interesting nonetheless. Considering avocados are perishable and um, not a consistent solid source of value i gotta say i I have to go against this ape i'm not uh i'm not sure i'm gonna get on the bandwagon for this one and his anecdotal stories of just observing at least one avocado in someone's (laughs) who goes to the store and buys one avocado you know you have to buy a couple you're gonna make some guacamole what the hell is this guy talking about (laughs) um also another problem i have with this is he says avocados are a gross fucking fruit are avocados are. a fucking fruit? They are. They have a they have they have a seed. They have that pit. Just like tomatoes are a fruit. No, they're both vegetables in my mind. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yeah. I will never consider them a fruit. Also, I mm. love avocados. This guy thinks they're gross, man. I love avocado toast. I mean, I'm oh, I'm yeah. one of these I'm one of these people in the store with avocados in my cart and avocado toast on my table at boozy brunch. But, you've seen um, you've seen the trees in my backyard, right? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Pam doesn't know it, but <laughs> I finally found an avocado tree that I want. And because it takes seven years for them to mature and make avocados, the trees I bought are all at like years two and three. And I don't want to wait another four years. So I'm getting another avocado tree dropped off. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, they're huge. I grew up um with a buddy who had one in his backyard. I mean, this thing's probably like 40 feet tall and produces like 5,000, I mean, not 5,000. And they all get ripe and fall off the thing at the same time. So it's just like a, a bloodbath of avocados and Jeez. vermin in his backyard once a year eating the avocados. <laughs> just fighting the possums and rats. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. But uh, check it out. AVO, again, is the ticker. Uh, earnings are on... June 8th, um, this guy, this guy bought 28, uh, calls at the $15 strike for June 17th. So we'll, uh, we'll put a reminder out and, and check yeah, it out. We, we see how this dude did. That's worth coming back to. If you're gonna, if you're gonna throw out stuff like that, we need to, uh, we definitely need to be tracking it to, to see how people, people perform. But you know what? Like, He's off to a strong start. He went from about 12 bucks earlier earlier this month to just shy of 14. So, depending on how cheap that call was, that could uh, that could play out for him. I'd love to see the purchase price. I wish he had put it in here. Um but it looks like the $15 calls are about 30 cents right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Not a they very come. uh not a very liquid stock here. I'm sure there's a ton of action on this. <laughs> when it's hard to sink more than five grand into the derivatives, you're dealing with a pretty a liquid market. Uh, we've kind of just kind of free flowed and riffed on uh, different stories out there, but we're going to, we're floating the idea of uh, possibly introducing some segments and giving our podcast here a little bit more structure. Uh, we haven't uh, finalized any, but we have some ideas. So we're going to throw some out there. Uh, yeah, I'm liking this list, but the first one, first idea is what you do with a billion dollars. I feel like I could go on and on for days about that, um, and we're not going to get into it now. Yeah, if you like, give me a specific topic, you know, I could I could get real niche with that. Oh, get yeah. into cars, yeah. 
houses, investments, travel, um, lifestyle, my weekend plans. You could talk about a lot of stuff. A lot of things in my life would change. Next segment idea is the most niche investment ideas you've ever considered uh, slash the biggest waste of money you've ever seen or done. I kind of like the biggest waste of money you've ever seen or done. That could be fun. Um, we have, you know, you and I both have friends who, you know, bought Bitcoin in its infancy for nothing. And then, yeah. you know, uh, specifically thinking of one guy who sold, uh, he sold his Bitcoin his senior year of college after he found his thumb drive, plugged it back in and realized, you know, his, his 50,000 Bitcoin had gone up by like a couple cents each. And he had like, you know, 1500 bucks. They were worth like 1500 bucks. So we sold up, sold them all and had a huge party. Um, you know, at the height of Bitcoin being close to 60 grand, he would have had nearly $300 million. Uh, so I don't know how he gets up and shaves his face every day and looks at himself in the mirror. But makes his way to work Christ. without driving off the bridge. Next is mailbag where we, where we read mail from, uh, people who uh, want to want to send us uh, you know snail mail and uh, an old-fashioned letter my I think my personal favorite is is a segment uh, idea titled fight time where we just start fights with other podcasters on call-ins. <laughs> we just see what other pods are act yeah just call in and just you know be a be a, a freaking terrorist on their podcast i think that'd be hilarious or have them call in and be one on ours that would be fun um hey shout out to colin tester nine five six seven who said hi sounds like a bot hey bud (laughs) and now we responded and now they will live in our domain forever just crawling and collecting (laughs) data yeah and then so i like fight time um or we can mm-hmm. just like talk talk crap on someone else's podcast and then message them that we did and then have them call in and fight us on the next podcast. Uh, but, I, I think that's best for the environment here on call in. Like we need to get the, the social environment uh, to become a little bit more lively, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think I, you know, next episode, I really want to at least have fight time in there. Yeah, I think that'd be solid. I got a barbecue I'm getting ready to go to and trying to hit a little Delicious. trying to hit a little workout before I consume ten thousand calories worth of Oh, it sounds like a weekend plan, man. Yeah. What do you got going today? Um just relaxing, doing the half marathon later tomorrow morning. So just chilling out. Alright, dude. Good luck with that. We'll uh, catch you guys next episode. Thanks a lot. Thank <laughs> you.